and welcome back to Boss Your Business. And today I am really excited. We should have done this in person, shouldn't we? We are both in we St. Well, you are just down the street from me. Wait, cancel. <laughs> well, guys, yeah, yeah. we'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, part two. We'll do part two in person. <laughs> so for anybody watching and listening, if you don't know Lindsay Padilla yet, actually Dr. Lindsay Padilla, We'll come to more of that just in a second. You are an ex-community college professor who accidentally started a business while on the tenure track. Now you are the CEO and co-founder of Hello Audio, um, a software which takes your content and creates private audio feeds to make learning so much more easier. So just imagine your community, your students, your, your course members, whoever, just doing their morning walk, being in the gym, sweating their asses off and get to listen to what you teach them. That's that's hollow audio right there. No reading, no blog posting, none of that BS. Um, as my audience knows, I hate writing. It's just <laughs> put a microphone in front of me and I will talk for hours. Um, and all of your business ideas were actually born out of your tenure track years of teaching adults online in a community college, the ridiculous amount of learning you've done and all the things education and the years spent growing your course creation business online. So it sounds like, not that I know a little bit of your story, it's been this, why the hell is this so difficult? Let's clean this stuff up. Yeah, always, <laughs> right? I mean, that's like education in general and then... <laughs> And then business too. But yeah, it's uh, definitely been a journey, one that was very unexpected. You know, little Lindsay studying for many, many, many years was not expecting to be running a tech company at this point. Um, but it's a it's an interesting one nonetheless. And I'm having a fun, a fun time doing it. So there you go. And I want to dive a little bit into, I will want to dive a little bit into the idea of software as a service of all the things i'm like i've been watching you guys behind the scenes in the green room we just realized i'm like your little one is nearly two years old now and i'm like where the hell did the time go I, know. We, I will never be able to actually forget you there's there's never going to be a moment where where i'm not going to remember Lindsay padilla we ran into each other i was literally freshly in san diego this is uh, in 2018 or is it 2017? 20, like 2019. Okay. Oh, so it was 2019. 2019. Okay. And it was, yeah, right before the world shut down. Yeah. And we were much. at, um, Pat Flynn. God, thank you. Pat Flynn. Yeah. I was like, why, why did I have Patrick in my head? <laughs> Pat Flynn's. And it was so cute because you were the first one that out of nowhere was like, oh my God, you were the click up girl. There's yeah. <laughs> there's never gonna be a moment where I can ever forget you. I'm like that yeah. that was that was the first time where I was like, people recognize me on the street. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, guys, that's how I met Lindsay. And at that yeah. point, at that point, you were still really, really early in in the whole business. You were just yeah. getting getting away from the whole teacher thing and everything and, and into your own thing. Right. Yeah, I was. Well, I was a couple years into the course creation stuff because mm -hmm. um, I left teaching at the end of 2016, like officially. And I had started my business earlier that year, but um, kind of really ramping up 
uh, more of that course creation business, I think really happened more in like 2018, 2019. So yeah, still a couple years early, still green. Um, yeah. And I remember, I remember going to this event. He used to have a, a meetup for mm -hmm. local kind of entrepreneurs and sometimes people visiting would come. Um, and we had like jumped onto the ClickUp bandwagon way earlier than a lot of the other kind of online business Before owners were doing. Yeah. And um, I loved it. And so because there just wasn't a lot of content out there yet. And so you were the one person who I was like sending my assistant. I was like, okay, this is the girl. Like she'll teach you everything you need to know. And just seeing you in person at the event, I was like, oh, this is really fun. So yeah. And I, I launched Hello Audio. I remember going to one of the meetup meetings and telling Pat Flynn about it. And he's like, I've been waiting for this. Like, I can't, like someone had, I can't believe no one's launched this before. And I, like, that's kind of, those early days, you need those believers in what you're oh, doing God, because yeah. you're not quite sure like if it's going to work or if you're doing something stupid. And at that point, you know, the founders, there's three of us, none of us are technical. So none of us could actually build the product. And so we were, you know, investing time and money into building something. So we wanted to make sure people wanted it. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, Pat Flynn was a big part of even me thinking that I could do it. And I'm curious because I'm fascinated by the idea of, I have no clue how to do this. No tacky, no nothing, but I want this. How did you go about from, I don't, I, I don't even, I just know what I want to, to making it happen. How did you guys go, go about that? Yeah. You know, I think it starts by doing that at one point, leaving my professor gig, like jumping into entrepreneurship itself is you did it too, right? Like at some point you have to be like, I don't know if anyone's going to watch my videos on YouTube, right? Like you just do it. And so I think I, I had built up that resilience that you kind of need as an entrepreneur. It wasn't my first rodeo as, as they might say, I mean, definitely first for many other things, but not my first, like I have an idea, like here's how to figure it out, you know, kind of thing. So, um, I had built up that tough skin and, um, there's a lot of benefits to kind of maybe winding something down and starting something new as you, it's like, you get to start over and you kind of know more. Right. And so even if this business ended, like, what would we do next? You know what I mean? And so knowing that, um, yes, we did not know how to develop anything. I will say this, I will hesitate and say, we didn't know nothing. My husband was like technically savvy. He like knows a little bit of code to be like dangerous, but not enough, like literally couldn't Just build enough anything. to get yourself in trouble. Just enough to like read versus me. Like, I don't even understand what's happening. So he can read it. He can do some things, but you know, they're, they're definitely not build an entire product. That wasn't even a question. Um, and even our other co-founder, Nora had a background in um, computer science. That's what she studied actually in school. Yeah you know, 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, probably now, but that's not again, what she was like currently up to date on. And so we had people that knew what to look for we, you know, we weren't totally going in, not knowing anything. Um, but yeah, we just, I remember thinking when we thought of the idea, um, you know, I, I think at the time, so this is 20 end of 2018, early 2019, um, I had seen in a in a Facebook group someone talking about they had a membership and their husband coded something to protect 
a podcast from being found in a podcast catcher app, right? So someone can search boss your business and, and find it, right? Anyone can yeah. listen, but a private podcast, you can't go and search that title. That's like the first layer of security. And so I was like, that's really interesting. And um, I think Libsyn, once I started hearing the words private podcast, again, still nothing that was like super common. Libsyn had what they called, I don't even know if they called it private podcast, but you couldn't even sign up for it. You had to be on some enterprise plan. You had to ask for it. It wasn't, it wasn't something they did. It wasn't something public. And this is in 2019. And I said to Derek, you know, it was my own, I had bought somebody else's course and the person kind of actually was pretty nonchalant about the course. And as far as like experience, like it was, it was YouTube videos that were private listed in a WordPress site that you logged into, but it was so annoying to get into it. Like so annoying. And I was like, can I just put this on a podcast feed? And because I had heard that people were doing that, I said, Derek, can you do it? And so he did it. And we're like, do we teach other course? Cause that's what I did. I taught people courses. And I was like, do we give them this like script that you're running right now? And so again, this is not an app at this point, but we're, I, I, I knew I was like, this is what audio should be for courses. It should not be MP3 files under a video. And so once he kind of tinkered with it and was like, I can do it, like no one could search her her course and find it or whatever. Um, and so we kind of, he went into his little bunker. He's more of a researcher than I am. I'm like, let's build it now. Uh -huh. He's like, I'm going to make sure it makes sense. So he like researched what it would entail and started looking at, you know, who was doing it. And so by the end of it, he's like, I think it took, gosh, it was like that summer. So now we're in summer of 2019. He's like, I think we should build it. And he's like, no other company is going to make it the way we would want it as creators for courses. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to, like, they aren't going to do it. And so it was that point, it was October. And I was like, made a Facebook post, sold lifetime licenses, raised about $30,000 on this one Facebook post. And that was the seed money to like get the development started. And we went on to raise a little bit more. We did some other pushes and stuff. I think all in all, like 100K that we got raised from our community. Um, you know, they all have amazing access and, and all of that, but we were able to, they kind of believed in us and was like, yeah, please build this. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of how we started, which is usually it's a, it's a little different than how people typically build tech um, and and developers aren't cheap. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was, it was quite the journey, but I think, I think, like I said, I'd done this before I had an audience. Right. And so they yeah. knew me for course creation. And so I positioned it as I think at the time it was called podcaster course. So it was just kind of like, would you guys buy this? Like, should I do this? And it was like, yeah. So um, yeah. So then I went with it. I didn't really have a choice at that point. Looking looking back at it, is there something now knowing what you know now, is there something you would do differently looking back? Yes. <laughs> so I get I get asked the 2020, get, the 2020 hindsight is great. The truth, the truth. Yeah. I mean, I get so I get in our space, there's a lot of women now that are starting to build apps, like yeah. creators and people. And so usually they find about me. And so like, I'm in Voxer with some women that are like building apps and, um, you know, telling them what I learned about it. And typically what I say with like a whole bunch of caveats. So like the first thing I want to say is like, you know, my story and the way we built it, I'm always like, just so you know, like Derek was able to talk with developers, you know, th that kind of conversation is really important. Like the beginning of a product, 
it's 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 not the same for everybody. You're going to all have different issues. So our biggest issue this whole time has been what I've kind of um, alluded to is not having a technical co-founder. So we don't have between the three of us somebody who cares so much about the code, right? That they're willing to do whatever, work all night, and like you know what I mean. And so that's been it's. I think every company slash go at it and say tech company or software probably has like a weak spot. Like I don't like, because most companies have the coding fine. They don't know how to sell it. Right. And so here we are selling it and we don't know how to code. Right. So I think for us, it's just not having a technical co-founder has been the most money that we've had to spend in the company has been the, the weakest spot for having some issues. We definitely built it a couple times. <laughs> um, we've had issues with different developers we've hired, you know, so it's, I won't, I won't go so far as to say that everybody should have a technical co-founder if you want to build something, but you should have somebody that you trust and that you can think, I don't know. Yeah. You trust at some level and you can figure out how to pay them because most of them are not going to do anything for free or for equity. And so that's what you got to like figure out. And I think some of the, there were points where we could have hired the developer that built what Hello Audio is now again with like two or three mistakes along the way there. Um, They're no longer with us, but not in any negative way. We just were like, we don't really need we just never got to a stage where we needed somebody full time. And it felt like that's what we wanted to give this person. So um, we let they're often built their own like kind of cool boutique um, development agency. So I always recommend them as well. But yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those things like, man, I wish we just had somebody that was on the team um, like in the same capacity that the co-founders are, right? Because those because people, no one will ever love your product as much as you do. Exactly. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. there is so much going on with coding where, and it gets nerdy really quick, really fast. Oh, like I'm, I'm kind of at like an on Derek's level where it's like, I know enough to get yep. myself in trouble. Yeah. Um, But it it just goes so far. Nobody is going to love mm-hmm. what you build as much as one of the co-founders. Nobody is going to pay as much attention. And there is so much that goes on all at the same time when you are coding and developing something like that. Now, yeah. I'm curious with, with this partnership. Now, Derek is a co-founder too, right? Mm-hmm. So you got a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. You got Noah in there. How, mm-hmm. with with the co-founders, how did this come about? Because I'm like, did that, <laughs> there's usually just two ways with co-founders. It's a mm. black and white. It's like, it, it either way it works and you find your way on how it works or it's, it, it's a complete crash and burn and implodes. So yeah. when I do see a co-founder partnership that at least from the outside seems to be working really well, I'm always curious of how did you get here for this mm. to be a partnership and, and how are you making it work? Because there's different personalities, there's different communication styles, there's so much going on all at the same time. And you guys continuously been growing. So something is going right somewhere. Yeah. Well, we made mistakes in the beginning. So there's that. <laughs> I've talked about this publicly other places, so I'm happy to do it here. Um yeah. So like early on, so I'll say like our current like situation is good and I'll, I'll get into how we got there. 
Um, but one part about the early days of our story, as, as you could tell, it's me and Derek, and I'm also running this other company. I had met Nora at um, an event in San Diego. It was when traffic and conversion was happening, mm -hmm. and Jennifer Kem put together a dinner, and I was one of like... I don't know, 30 women there. And she sat me next to Nora and she says she was very intentional about the seating. And it turns out when, you know, as we started talking, she had built all of ClickFunnels certification and course programs and she left because they weren't taking it as seriously as she wanted. Meaning they were like letting people pass in their courses that shouldn't have been passing. And that was the whole point of a certification, things like that. And she's just mm -hmm. like, education was really important to her. So I was like, cool we should be friends. Let's like, you know, we'll do something together. Right. And so this is an early 28. Was it in 2019? Now I'm like missing it up. I think it was in 2019 still. And so that was like April or something. So we spent that whole summer kind of masterminding together, just like, and we started building out a program that like had her marketing skills and my course building skills. That was going to be this like launch a course type of program. So we're building this out. And then you know, we, Derek and I have this side idea and we start telling her about this side idea and she's like, yeah, that sounds really cool. And then of course it comes out like, yeah, I was like one of the first employees at ClickFunnels and we're like, oh, you like no SaaS products. Like, oh, you have a development background, like all these things. Right. And so she started giving us advice. Like, you know, we'd say this is happening. What should we do? And she just started like always, you know, there to be like, oh yeah, this happened when we, when we were doing this at ClickFunnels, this. And so in that time when we launched and then that fall, um, I had met with some people. I was, I was like trying to find a developer, seeing, like seeing how this was going to go. And one person put us in this direction of, well, why do you have to build something yourself? Why not just like find a podcast hosting company that wants to build this with you? And just like, we don't know what it could look like, but maybe I would come on as like a, um, a high level employee at some in some way and just like they trust me to build this thing for creators because I knew what they needed. And so we went down that path um, and uh, we were talking with, um, oh my gosh, they sold to Libsyn, what? Glow FM, which is mm -hmm. like a membership subscription. And, the, you know, we got pretty far with them. So this goes into the early 2020. And, you know, she is, she's a, she had raised capital though. So she's venture backed and she had to deal with her board. Like she's not allowed to just like decide to change the direction. Oh, yeah. So it took some time and we had to convince them, right? We had to like say, Hey, blah, blah, blah. So it took some time. So now here we are in February, early February, 2020, we had sold those licenses in October. So now we're coming up on month five. And one of the things we did when we pre-sold our licenses was we saw We said, look, we can get your private podcast up. There's no email logging in of, you know, there's no special, um, we did generate unique links for email addresses, I think actually, but we were manually doing it all. There was no app that someone could log into. So they would send us our files in a Google drive. We'd send them back the links for their students basically in so many ways. So, so we you were, were already like, delivering, but we were already delivering where, yeah. where you had the dream. Which made me more comfortable about taking people's money. And we knew that we could do that when we launched. So that was helpful. And so one of our lifetime license buyers messages me and said, when's this happening? And I was like, well, you know, we might actually partner with this other company. And so we're, you know, who knows, but like, we're hosting it for you. We'll set it all up. And she's like, I don't like that. Um, and by the way, I've built phone I, apps, apps before on the app store. I know what I'm doing. Do you want to partner? And like, looking back, I wish I did a little more research on the person. <laughs> 
Um, the person was in the ClickFunnels community. Looking back, I don't know how true um, her accolades are with her background. Um, I can't get confirmation on some of the claims that she makes. Um, but we decided to do it. And Nora was the person who was like, no, no, something feels off. And I was like, well, we don't really have a choice. Either she's going to help us build this or we go with Glow FM. What should we do? And it was kind of like, we did feel like we were in a rock between a rock and a hard place where it was like, but it also answered our question of, we don't have someone who knows what they're doing yeah. with development. So here was this person who was coming through. And at this time too, I was still running my old business and Derek was helping me with that too. So it's not like we had all this time to like figure out how to build a product. And so we went with it. And I also was like, Nora needs to be a partner as well. Like the four of us need to do this together. And so we decided to go into partnership in February. And, you know, it just made sense that Nora was involved. Um, but I think that was like the beginning of this not making sense for this other person. And so um, that was the beginning of it. But we found a developer that she trusted. Um, she basically managed that developer, but Derek told everybody what to do. Like, this is the vision. This is where we're going. This is what we're building. So he was kind of like head of product, I would get, I would say. And she was more like, um, I don't know, she was managing the developer. But when we started to talk about what our roles were going to be when the product is built, that's when the rub started to happen. It was like, she wanted to do marketing, but like it made sense that Nora was marketing. And so it was weird. And long story short, she basically is like, I don't, I, you know, I basically we're about to launch in mid-May um, and the product is ready. We haven't touched it. We haven't actually even seen it. And um, we're supposed to launch by the end of May and we get an email. She starts not coming to one of our meetings and we get an email saying she now owns the rights to everything and she 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 owns the IP and all the things. And so um, that was horrific. It was like the worst thing that's happened to me in business and maybe hopefully will forever. But so pretty um, much yeah. she took all of the ideas, she developed took everything it and we kept did. It. Yep. And at that point, you know, we have a lawyer. We So here's the crazy part is we didn't actually split up equity or sign anything yet. We were we were like being advised to work together for a while before you decide to give equity. And thank God we did that. Because if on day one, we're just like all splitting it and not even having worked with her would have been like a whole other story. But because we actually still didn't do that, which is as I put myself in her shoes, probably was the reason part of the reason why she like felt like she built this herself and they're not honoring and recognizing it, but like didn't even have the guts to show up to the literal equity meeting we were supposed to have on the day we got her email. And so the, <laughs> the like backstory is like one week before that day, she went in and deleted all the files and click up. But, um, and Derek realized that she did that because she wrote something weird. Like, isn't it, you know how like ClickUp has like who can see the board or something, uh -huh. I, something weird happened. And he was like, um, I think she, she came in and said something happened to the files, like all like nonchalant. And he uh -huh. goes in and looks and she's like, she put it in the trash. He unarchived everything. So like, not only did she not actually dump the trash, she did that for Google drive and everything. So we like saved everything. We knew this, this happened on a Friday and she told us on Wednesday, but we knew that she was doing something shady. And then if you go back her Facebook um, business page was already created. The name was already created. This is all before she told us that she wasn't 
ready to work with us and all of the things. So I had a lawyer because we were having, we were signing incorporation documents and we told him what was happening. And he's like, well, first of all, she doesn't own anything. Like you guys jointly created this. So her email is just not factual. So he's like, at least respond back and say that like, hey, like we co-own this with you. <laughs> but he said, you have a choice. Um, you can fight her for it, which you have a case 100% to fight her for it. Or you can look at this and say, it's a PR game and you just need to beat her. And that's what we chose to do. So we said, good luck. <laughs> have fun with that. It's not your fucking product. And we're going to just build it. So Again, this is like, this is why that technical co-founder piece was so important is because, so, yeah, we essentially had to build over in early June um, as well. So you, you're lucky enough to not have had a full contractual obligation at that point because that it was an NDA that, that, that was it. That would have changed everything. And it's like having a contractual partnership at that moment would have been dissolving that and doing all the things and holy cannoli. I know. Now with her wrapping it up so nicely and yes guys <laughs> ClickUp has a trash bin that you can recreate stuff and pull stuff out from. Yes. so does, so yes, does google does. drive Thank by God. the way yes um were you able to to pull things out to get coding to get pieces or did you have to start completely from we zero? decided to start completely over it was what we were able to get out nothing related to the code and what was built but more like the mock-ups and everything we yeah. decided so so all that like energy behind the product and what the what it was supposed to look like so you got um, at least the, the ux and the user interface and the ideas you don't right. have to recreate and try to pull yeah. out of your head what you were envisioning you have at least that Right. Crazy, right? <laughs> so you're, to your point that, that, you know, it is really important that especially when you're going into business with somebody that you vet them and trust your guts on that. And, um, you know, I'm still grateful to that experience because this person pushed us to build it ourselves. We yeah. were going down another path. And so as much as it sucked and still sucks because PS, the product is still out there, which is like still bananas to me, but it sucks. Well, from a who would want to go with a different product if they can go with Hello Audio? Let's be honest. I mean, check the numbers and ask people what thing that they recommend. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's like I look at it and I'm like, yeah, she pushed me to do something that I wasn't planning on doing. And it we in further reflection after that summer we had issues with another developer not in that way but did not deliver what we were expecting and we looked back and we're like oh she was doing what she want needed to do like she was head of product and Derek really needed to learn how to be head of product and it's like we did build a team that made sense skill wise it's just for whatever happened to her in her past like she felt like she was being wronged in some capacity that this is what she was needing to do her reaction. And, and yeah, I just look at it and I'm just like, thank God, because that made us make it. And it was scary to make it in that darkness. I mean, the, that pressure of that summer before we launched. So we launched in November, 2020, luckily found the developer that built hello audio um, in early September. And yeah, basically it was built in about two months. Um, and, you know, again, this is the third time we built it at this point. So we had, we knew what we needed to do. Um, but yeah, they oh. built it from scratch and we were able to, um, 
you know, launch in 2020, but it was almost like every day I was just so nervous that she was going to take my customers or blow up, right? Like in that capacity and um, Clubhouse was blowing up at that time mm -hmm. and I was on there and she was on there. And I just remember thinking like, we don't have a product to sell, but here's this person out there talking about the things that I came up with, you know what I mean? And it was, it, it was kind of one of those things where you're just like, you just knew you had to put your head down and keep going. Like you, there was no stopping. There was no giving up watching her do it, but I was still scared. Like every single day scared that I would wake up to some Facebook post that, you know, this guru uses her program, whatever. Right. Like that, just that fear. Um, and, um, because we know, that's we know it marketing. Out. It's like, if, yeah. if you can get, yeah, and we've, we've seen, we've users. seen it often enough. It's like people align themselves with, with certain products. And then years later, it's like, oh yeah, I just did yeah. it for whatever. Yeah. But I, we I know the back, marketing know. behind it. It's like, yeah. if they get the right person in, things can happen. And I think that's how a lot of us operate too. And I look at it and it's like, she needed us, right? Like she mm -hmm. actually needed us. It was this part. It's funny because in some of our first Facebook messages, she goes, I could just build this myself, but I wouldn't because it's, you know, you have the audience for it. And here we are <laughs> literally in Facebook, there's a message that says that. And so she did it anyways. Right. And, um, you know, thank you for what Fortunately I was able to create as a result fortunately yeah. we are in 2024 yeah. things are going fine now yeah. um it's yeah i'm like i don't even yeah getting into partnership is not something to take lightly i i want people to learn that from it and nora derek and i are still the three partners and i trust her because we spent a lot of time together prior to that so yeah. as part of that story recognize that, you know, Nora had been there for a long time. And here comes this person seemingly out of nowhere. And we were like, okay, let's do it. And yeah, live to tell the tale. <laughs> and it's like knowing you've already had that, that recognition, that knowledge where, where you might have felt like this is missing, where you're still mm -hmm. saying nowadays, mm -hmm. where it's like, it would be nice to have a developer. She fit right into that hole. It's like, yeah. she she was aligning with with what was missing so it mm -hmm. is it it is what it is um yeah looking at it now because i know there is a lot of conversation happening out there with um building SaaS, building something quote mm -hmm. passive income for mm -hmm. the for everybody listening i am mm -hmm. i am quoting that right now because i don't know if there's yeah. anything ever actually passive how is it running SaaS? It's like mm. there's technology. You are dealing with people that want features that might not align with you. How how is it running a SaaS right now? Yeah. So I I want to line this up with saying comparatively to me running my creator business, which like felt like everything came through me, right? I have to make the videos like I'm the teacher, I'm the seller that those early days of running a business as um, a creator, as an online business owner, um, it's, you know, everything comes through you. And that was a lot. And, um, you know, my Shoot. husband and I both less. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like everyone watching is like, it's a lot. It is. And some people really excel at it and and get to certain levels and that's and that's awesome and it's totally possible for everyone. Um, I think for me, I was starting to 
I hit a ceiling of feeling like I wasn't enjoying it as much, um, that I was doing more managing. I wasn't doing as much teaching and like creation, which totally is a solvable problem. Um, but comparatively, as I look at that style and type of business, and then now like a SaaS business, it is really nice to have like recurring revenue, right? Like, so because it's a monthly subscription, we know how many people subscribe, how many new people we get every month, how many people we lose every month. Um, and, you know, we've been growing <laughs> month over month and that's a, a very positive thing. And so um, it, it, to me, felt like I was able to use my skill set in a way that I enjoyed, like the things I loved about my creator business. That's what I brought, I guess, to Hello Audio. And then the things like delivery, I guess, like um, having been somebody who had one-on-one -on -one services and that kind of thing, it's like the product is the delivery, right? So I don't really, I can't touch it. <laughs> like literally don't know how to. And so that's got, you know, I, it's good and bad. And I think part of my story that's important to people watching that might have service businesses or something like that is like, that is really scary to hire out something that like you actually aren't even delivering. And so as you hear in my story, you have to trust people during that process and it can be hard and like it can mess up. And so, um, I think that's always helped me based on my own strengths. So I think there, it's totally possible to run a creator business based on your own strengths and hire out the things you need to do. For whatever reason, this forced me to. I couldn't. I can't even meddle in the product, yeah. right? Like, because I can't, I don't know how. But like as a service provider, you could like meddle and be like, you know, hire somebody to supposedly help you execute. But you could like go in there and supposedly you're the expert. And so telling them they're not doing it right or something. I can't do that with with the product. So that's kind of interesting. It's, it really created that clear divide for me, but to your point, it's not passive in the slightest. Um, and I know there's, there's all this talk of like being a SaaSpreneur with things like high level, go high level. Um, and people are realizing like how hard it is to run a tech company, stay up with the tech, you know, uh, kill the bugs that need to be killed, build the features that need to be built without killing other parts of the product, how hard that is. And then when you have users that are like, why is this not fixed? And with something like Go High Level, where there's a third party involved, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, well, I can't force them to do it. Well, at Hello Audio, maybe we're not that exact setup. Like we're not white labeling anything for sure. But we have that same problem where it's like, we can't fix it because this is happening right now, but you don't know that. And it's hard to Right. And it's like, yes, we would love to do that integration, but do you know how much it costs to do an integration? Like you don't just like click a button and say integrate with, you know, convert kit yeah. or whatever. Right. It, it's like dev money that costs that. So we have to weigh what gets built, what doesn't um, and deal with the customers that are having issues, um, stay on top of all the things that are broken and um, all of that. So it's definitely not passive in the slightest, but it's I, it. Um, what is positive is that recurring revenue. And I think that is something to think about as somebody who's a service provider, like what ways you can in incorporate that into your business, because it does help, I think, um, with that month over month kind of feeling like you're growing for it's sure. It's not, it's not as much the up and down that you have as, totally. as a service provider. And it's funny, you mentioned go high level. We behind the scenes are digging into go high level right now because mm -hmm. it, it potentially aligns with our five-year goal. So it's, it's going to be interesting looking back at this episode yeah. in a little bit and see where we're at with that. Um, 
one last thing I would love to chat about is in this alignment of running a SaaS right now and having so many different opinions from the user base and so many different mm. requests. Um, how do you stay on task? Do mm. you have do you have internal value set? Do you have a specific target market set or whatever that helps you make the decision of cool? I like this feature but it's actually going to be on a back burner because it doesn't align with us. How, how mm. do you make those decisions? Yeah, um, definitely values. And like our original vision, we come back to that. The, the idea that we would love courses to have podcast versions that just be the norm, right? That that's expected, whether it's hosted on Hello Audio or not. We just really think that people's product should offer the option of audio just because the mp3 doesn't cut it right so as we look at that if we're thinking about learning and content consumption you know what yeah what could help that that definitely drives our vision our values accessibility um, ease of use you know that kind of thing and so we do do that i'll say this too um at the very beginning, we, we didn't really talk about this part of the story, but I was in a um, an accelerator called mm -hmm. Techstars. Um, so we actually do have, a we had a little bit of funding in the early days of our product. And by having funding, we were able to each pay our own salaries um, for the three co-founders, which was a pretty big deal. It wasn't anything fancy being, to write home about as far as like salaries, being, let's say being that. Being able to at least buy groceries and, 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 Correct. Being, and being able to live. Yeah. And to kind of put aside the other things, like I basically stopped running my other business. Um, Nora stopped consulting. So we, you know, really wanted to go all in on this. And um, it, it was actually in the end of 2022. So it's been over a year now, but um, end of 2022, we're like, we need to get to profitability because we were kind of still running on, we were still kind of burning cash as tech companies do. Um, and so because of that, we had to make the decision, like our product, we actually got it to a place that, that is, it holds the promise that we said, like your content, you put it in our product, we will make a private podcast feed, right? And it will go to your listeners, right? Because I think it is really easy for a SaaS product to just start building features and keep doing it because you're like, well, this is what you do when you have a product, you just keep building stuff. And the reality is, is like, sometimes you could build things that people aren't using or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you think it's going to be great. So the flip is true too. Like, yeah. yeah, users could tell us what they want, but we could also think that people want one thing. So not that that necessarily happened. I think it probably happens in every company, even if you, you stay close to your users. Cause for us, like we are the users too, but be, because of the way it was built. But I, you know, in that, in the end of 2022, when we're like, we need to get to profitability, we just kind of pulled back on development at all. And to the point where it was like bug fixes. And yeah. so we didn't release a whole bunch of features and we really doubled down on client acquisition or customer acquisition um, and just like stop spending as much as we were spending on development. And so I think it's it mirrors a typical company, right? You're just kind of trying to make decisions on cash flow, um, what your goals are, um, taking into account that like, I think this is another thing as business owners, like we always want to keep going to the next milestone. Like there's no real like goalposts where you're like, I've achieved it. Right. And so I think at some level, you're just like, wait, like we don't have to keep building. <laughs> like, like, let's take a step back and really think like, what do we actually want? Right. And I think that conversation was really important. And now as we look today, 
um, you know, we're able to make decisions. We're able to get raises like that kind of thing. And that's really cool. And, and we're not dependent on raising capital um, from outside investors, which was also happening. PS was in 2022. Um, I actually went out to raise it early 2022, but that was kind of when the tech world kind of was like, Oh, <laughs> and there's been this huge course yeah. correct. And so um, we, I think dodged a bullet there um, as much as, at the time, I was like, oh, shoot, like, I'm not raising, it's not working. Um, but we were like, instead, we're like, what skill sets do we have as our founders? What does our team have? And we went back to basics. It's like, we need to market more, like, we need to get more users. And so that's when we, you know, a, of course, let development go down. So now, actually, as I tell, as I share that, what did I say at the beginning, right? Like having a technical co-founder, it's like, you know, we would have basically scaled someone's job down to like nothing almost. Um, mm -hmm. And so that allowed us to be like that we can turn down, like let's use the, the things that we know how to do. So um, it's not always just like values and that kind of thing, but it is like keeping the lights on and, and growth and like what does growth look like for your company? And maybe you don't have to do it like all the other tech companies or all the other service providers, right? Like do what makes sense for you. Um, yeah, that's kind of, I guess what I would say about that. And it's like, the, when you get VC capital or even angel capital in, you are now suddenly having another voice in the company mm -hmm. that potentially mm -hmm. doesn't align with your vision and where you want to take it. Now, suddenly things are just not as you might have wanted them to be. Yeah. And that's that's a whole other thing. Now that's a whole if, other conversation. <laughs> hey, yeah. if you're building a company to pretty much just sell it, go for it, raise the money, build it up, go sell it. But if it's a passion project, chances are you are better off just doing the quote Kickstarter approach, using your community, use what you have. And I would say you guys definitely have done the right thing for Hello Audio because I'm like, you are all over the place. And guys, if you <laughs> want to stab me in the back, the only reason why I'm not using Hello Audio is because my podcast is public first. There you go. Yes. With yes. course first and everything. <laughs> it's like it, it comes down to, again, what's your goal? What's what's mm -hmm, the stuff? It's mm -hmm. like. But even with us deciding going with a public podcast somewhere else, I have never lost sight of you guys and always been paying attention, which is why you were here now. And it's like education on audio. Yeah. It's like, is there even anything else out there? Yeah. So right? I would say the, the approach of focusing on user acquisition and the marketing piece, hell yeah, you, you've nailed it. And it's like, what, what else is there? Isn't that something? Yeah. I, know. I think, I, yeah, I, I remember the conversations we had as a team at that time. It was just like, I actually felt like I was getting really far away from what I was really good at, where it's like, I'm having these investor meetings, I'm doing these financial projections, which is like important. But at the same time, I was like, what is Lindsay good at? Right. And it was just kind of one of those things of like, we can do this. Like we don't need anyone else. Right. We don't need these, the money from folks in LA or wherever. Right. And it was a pretty big wake up call. And it was also right about before I was about to give birth that raise that round. And so just to um, add a little something yeah, to the whole mix. Don't Listen. recommend that. Let me tell you, but yeah, by the end of like maternity leave, we're like, I came out of maternity leave, like ready to go with like, here's what we're going to do for hello audio. Here's what we're going to make it happen. And, um, and we did it. We, and so that was really cool. I think from, as a team perspective, like 
making those kind of big decisions with the three of us and people you trust, right? Those founders, the co-founders that you trust, the partnerships that you trust. Um, it, it, it allows you to put a feather in your cap. So not only did yeah. we get screwed over in the beginning, now we're like, okay, like <laughs> let's, you know, keep adding feathers as you, as you, um, build your business. Cause I think like so many things happen to us. So many, um, milestones are hit that aren't just monetary. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and I oh think God, and, yeah. and I'm so bad at celebrating that kind of stuff myself. And it, um, I love doing stuff like this because it's like, oh yeah, we did. Oh that. yeah, that I did really that. Cool. Right, that exactly. happened. Oh, by the like, way, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love my team just started something. Um, actually my right hand kitty started something and I'm loving it. Every time we are on a call, she's like, what are you grateful for? Ah. And it it gets, it has started this because I do the same thing where it's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, right. I moved from another country in the US. I finally got yeah. my citizenship. Or I wrote oh, a book. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, that happened. Completely forgot about it. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that, that one of my team members has gotten to the point of, so what are you grateful for? Let's celebrate something. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it's like when we're in it, it just it just is. It's the next goalpost. Like it's not even, yeah. Yep. So for all of you guys out there, course creators, educators, hack, even, even audio newsletter, everything that mm -hmm. you don't want publicly out there, but you are like me talking is easier than writing out. Go check out Hello Audio. Seriously, guys. It's been fun watching you grow it. It is an amazing tool. So go check it out. Go get blah, blah, blah. go take it for a test drive without the tongue twister that I yes. just sent your way. <laughs> um, you guys also have a podcast, right? We do. We just launched in October a public podcast on private podcasting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, guys, you're gonna find all of the links in the description. We'll have it all ready for you. Lindsay, thanks so much for joining me. We're going to have to make this happen in person. At some yeah, point. yes. Way too long considering you're down the street. Well, right. We've, we've both been It working. has been way too long. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everybody, for joining. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.